When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Catherine and I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. I just recently moved to the East Coast. I'm in South Carolina and I don't know anybody here. I literally got out a map and moved to a place I don't know anyone and the people that I bought my condo from, I bought a condo, uh... They also live in the building, and this lady was so nice. She brought me down muffins. What a nice southern hospitality thing to do. And, you know, I don't know anyone, so I, you know, I have to, you know, make friends where I can at this point, right? So she's being so nice, and I see her in the parking lot sometimes, and she's like, oh, you know, I have a friend coming into town. We could all get together for a drink. And I'm thinking, great, you know, I need to meet people. And then I see her another time in the parking lot. And she goes, oh, here, I'd like you to meet my boyfriend. And uh, she's like, this is my boyfriend, Jerry, and this is Catherine. And I'm thinking, Catherine? <laughs> what? what the heck? Uh, you know, but I, I, so I, I thought, well, I can fix this right now. So I say to the boyfriend, hi, I'm Betty. <laughs> and she must not have made the connection because... I had given her my number um, for when her friend's in town. And she calls me and she's like, hi, Catherine. Uh, do you still want to get together for a drink? My friend's coming into town. And I'm thinking, Catherine. And there's a weird, so we, I call her back and I say, yeah, you know, Friday's good at like 5.30. So she calls at like 5 o'clock on Friday and is like, hi, Catherine, we're, we're outside. You know, there's a bar outside my in my front yard. And we're outside if you want to come out. And I'm thinking, I have got to nip this Catherine thing in the bud because I just moved here. And if she's going to start introducing me as Catherine, <laughs> this is not good. So I thought, okay, I'll wait till she has a drink. And then I'm going to have to tell her, um, it's not Catherine, it's Betty. They don't, they're nothing like each other. Like it's not even close. <laughs> so we're having a drink. And actually, before we even have a drink, I get to the table and she's like, this is my friend, Debbie. This is Catherine. And I'm like, hi, I'm Betty. <laughs> I think it's, she's going to catch it, right? She doesn't catch it. But the friend's kind of looking like, huh? <laughs> it's just bizarre. So then later on in, in the conversation, she's saying she wants to try to fix me up with someone. I don't like that at all. But I was still trying to be 
nice. She made me muffins. And I was like, oh, I don't know. She's like, here, let me let me put your number in my cell phone. Do you spell it with a C or a K? And I'm like, it's a B. <laughs> she's like, what? I'm like, my name is Betty. I don't. And she's like, oh, I've been calling you Catherine. And I'm like, I know. She goes, well, I didn't know at one point your name was Betty. I, I don't know. I just one point decided it was Catherine. I'm like, okay. So then it was kind of a joke and I was glad to have it settled. But here's the really weird thing. My next trip, I have a trip to Paris and, you know, we all introduce ourselves at briefing and there are a lot of crew members. So it's understandable that you don't remember everybody's name, but I'm working business class and the purser's on the other aisle and she's going, Catherine, Catherine. And I'm thinking, is she talking to me? What is with this Catherine thing? And how I go to the galley, I'm like, do you think my name's Catherine? Because there weren't even any Catherines on the crew. It wasn't even like she was mixing up the name. She was giving me another name. And I said, I told her, then I told her the story. I'm like, I just had a neighbor that was introducing me as Catherine. And what are the chances that the same... That two people would choose to give me an, a different name, like, within weeks of each other. So, it's just uh, ridiculous. I must be giving off uh, Catherine vibes or something. Okay, you're flying with the girls. She's got a heavy um, southern. Is it Jackson? Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, that's good. And she came back. I had never flown with this girl before, but we became fast friends after this. And she, we were setting up. It was early in the morning, setting up a 727. And she was working up front, and I was working in the back. We didn't have any passengers yet. And she came back to the back and said, Do you have any Kotex? <laughs> and I thought, I didn't realize we were this far along in our friendship that she would ask me for such a thing. But I said, I I think I do. How, how many do you need? <laughs> and she said, oh, about a dozen. <laughs> and I just looked at her like, you poor thing. <laughs> and she couldn't understand my reaction. But I flew with her another time. I tell them, but they don't even know what she wanted. Oh, she wanted coat tags <laughs> to tag the first class coats with. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Coat tags were never the same on that trip. <laughs> About a dozen. <laughs> About a dozen. I thought she was hemorrhaging. <laughs> you poor thing. Maybe you should go back home. <laughs> I flew with her another time. And, um. She got all excited because there was some really cute guy. We were working at 757. We were on the beverage cart together. And over at the window, two or three rows back, was this really cute guy who, I can't remember if he came on with a tennis racket. Tennis was involved somehow. And she tried to strike up a conversation with him while we were doing the, you know, fixing yeah. beverages. But then... She's flirting. Being who, yeah, she is flirting. But being the nut that she is, she goes, she finally gets his drink ready, his Sprite or whatever it was. And she goes, reaches across, leans toward him <laughs> to give it to him. And as she is, the post-nasal drip, is that what it is, that had been building up in her nose over this trip goes, comes sliding out her nostril. No. So she goes, <laughs> And she's sucking and inhaling while she's trying to 
woo this guy. Here's your drink. I'm sure he was really impressed. Well, yeah, I don't think it got much farther than that. I think that was it. So as I mentioned in the last podcast, I am having trouble getting stories from crew members just because I'm in a new base and I don't know anyone. Shoot, everybody's calling me Catherine for some reason. Um, So it's harder to warm people up. It's so much easier to get stories from friends and get stories from strangers. So I'm going to work it out. I'm thinking maybe um, the ride to and from the hotels because in these international destinations, it can be like a half an hour, 45 minutes. And that might be a better place to try to warm up crews to get stories. Uh, But I did get a couple stories this month. And um, I thought... In the meantime, since I am having a lack of other people telling stories, which is what I usually like to do, that I would start now telling a few stories of like the most famous flight attendant in LA. And I haven't done the stories with her before because I was afraid she's going to want to write her own book or I don't really want to tell all her stories. But they're the stories that I used to always tell whenever I was with a crew that was kind of like down or uh, the energy wasn't good. It's like you tell any stories about this um I'm going to use the name Dory for her. <laughs> you can always tell a Dory story and everybody would get in a better mood because she, well, she used to drink a lot. She doesn't drink anymore, but that could have been part of the reason why she was always getting herself into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> she was always like um, a disheveled, like she'd always have a bun and it would always be like half fallen out. And if she had pants on, one of them was like lifted up and she, she just... It was almost like a like a pig pen kind of a thing. You know, she had like dust swirling around her head, but she was always in a great mood and the passengers love her and she always tells the best stories and she's a heck of a lot of fun. So I'm going to tell a couple of the famous Dory stories and then maybe in the next couple episodes, I'll tell a few more because they, they are so fun. And you know, if she ever does want to write a book, you know, it'll probably be a different audience anyway. But She's friends with a lot of gay guys. Gay guys just flock to her for some reason. And uh, one day she's on the airplane and she's got her hair in her famous bun that's usually falling off to the side. And one of the gay guys is like, uh, Dory, what do you have your hair pulled back with? And she's like, a scrunchie. And he's like, I don't, I don't think it's a scrunchie. And she's like, no, it's a scrunchie. And he's looking at her hair. He's like, I don't. I don't think that's a scrunchie. And she had her hair at work. She is in uniform, working as a flight attendant, and she has her hair pulled back with a thong underwear. (laughs) He could see the cotton panel. (laughs) She had been at work with her hair pulled back with a thong underwear. Classic Dory. Okay, so here's another one. Another one of my favorites with her is that she... Um, she sometimes lives in, she lives in different places, but she sometimes lives in San Diego and we're based in LA. And she thought she had put her suitcase in her trunk, but apparently she hadn't. And when she backed up, she, she hit the suitcase and it fell over. And then the, the hook part, the handle part got the, the tire got in that part. And she then drug 
her suitcase all the way from San Diego to LA, two hours behind her car. People are honking at her and she's waving, thinking, I'm so hot. <laughs> Everybody's so friendly today, but they're honking because she's dragging a suitcase behind her car. And by the time she gets to the airport in LA, there's this giant hole. A lot of her clothes are burnt. <laughs> like, there have been sparks <laughs> as the clothes were burning as she's driving all the way to LA. You just gotta love it. You were gonna tell me a story, I think you say on a 727? Yes, I was flying on a 727 when I was quite young and I was setting up the back of the cart on the back of the 727 um, back close to where the bathrooms were and I heard a bell ring and like Pavlov's dogs I looked up and I heard a loud voice say I'll take a cup of coffee with cream and sugar as they fa uh, point pointed their face up towards the uh, roof of the aircraft once I composed myself I brought them their cup of coffee and with cream and sugar and explained that when they rang the flight attendant call button there was not a secret microphone <laughs> behind it and that uh, and I was very tempted to act like they were at the drive-thru and go to the back mic and tell them it'd be a dollar forty-seven to drive around please but I didn't do it. Second window please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now this is sort of a flight attendant revenge story. <laughs> Uh, this flight attendant was just telling me that uh, she was on a flight and we are always in fear of the FAA. Um, they strike fear in our hearts because they check our manuals. If we do anything wrong, uh, the airline can get a fine. You can get a personal fine. Sometimes they're there to check the pilots. Sometimes they're to check us. Sometimes they're just traveling on their own, but, you know, they can still catch us doing something. It's part of the reason why we have to wag our fingers at the passengers for some things that seem silly, but, you know, it's the... FAA rules and we have to follow them. So this flight attendant was saying that uh, she didn't even know there was an FAA guy on board, um, but there was a guy on his cell phone. And you know, it's a never ending battle now to get people to turn off their phones. They've become like electronic appendages. You know, they're just like part of somebody's body. They just can't stand the idea of turning it off. So she had said to the guy, um, you know, you need to tell your turn your cell phone off and he's like yeah yeah and then uh, she comes back again and she's like sir I need you to turn your cell phone off and he's like yeah I will I will and he does and he keeps talking and she goes back and she's like sir we've already pushed back you need to turn off your portable electronic device and the guy goes yeah yeah I got it and he keeps still talking so this other passenger comes up to the man and says uh, what part of turn off that cell phone did you not understand and the guy looks up at the other passenger is like who the hell are you, the cell phone police? And the guy pulls out his FAA ID badge and says, as a matter of fact, I am. And the guy's like, yeah, so what are you going to do? And the guy's like, I can give you a $1,500 fine if you do not turn off that cell phone. And the guy, instead of then saying, yeah, I'll turn it off, goes, yeah, well, you'd have good luck collecting that. And the guy goes, that's it. I'm writing you a fine. It's $1,500. The FAA is part of the federal government. We can garnish your wages. I guarantee you, you will be paying that fine. And the flight attendant's like, oh, guess that solves that one. <laughs> okay, so you heard a story. 
Yes, this was um, told to me in Zurich on one of those nights when, you know, the whole crew is at dinner and just one story after another happens. But then at the end of the evening, the conversation really starts degrading. It does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so this flight attendant, she's one of the funniest flight attendants I have ever flown with, told us about the morning that she had her nice, strong, I think it was German coffee before pickup and as luck would have it on the way to the airport that coffee did its work on her oh, yes. her intestines yes her digestive so digestive system she realized that she was not going to make it to the airport and she started looking you know to see if there was some way she could get the bus driver to stop and she didn't want to tell the crew because she was mortified that right. this was happening that she was about to totally unclench so she, she's, they stop. <laughs> she looks over and she realizes the captain is asleep or he's sitting behind her and there's no way that she's going to be able to get out and go on the side of the road even because right. the captain's going to see her. So she very quietly goes up to the German speaker who language speakers tend to sit up front by the driver and she tells the German speaker, you know, what is happening and, um, the German speakers like trying to communicate discreetly with the bus driver who's trying to understand but finally he turns around and yells for all to hear was is diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they finally get to the airport and the German speaker says just run into the terminal I will bring your bags and everything just run this is this is disgusting but she you know ran and made it and the whole crew obviously ended up finding out what had happened and then because they felt so sorry for her and her dilemma throughout the flight home to the states they took turns telling her their own stories <laughs> their own diarrhea stories so the captain's words of wisdom were never trust a fart over 50 oh yeah so Apparently, unclenching is bad after that point. But the co-pilot had a story about um, driving his sports car to the airport one day, and it hit him, and he couldn't help it. And he had to turn around and go back home. And he changed his uniform and got his other car and went to the airport. And when he came back three days later, he had to sell his car. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm in a new base now and I'm flying to these international destinations and I've been to Brussels, Belgium twice now. And on my first Brussels trip, when we were in the crew van going to the layover, the flight attendants were talking about whether or not they were going to get a crack sandwich. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, there's a little shop. Uh, connected to the lobby of the hotel and they make the best sandwiches they're addictive so we've started calling them crack sandwiches and they it's like a half of a baguette and they have all different types of sandwiches and we had just come in from an international flight and you know I'm not hungry at this point it's six o'clock in the morning we just had breakfast so I'm thinking well I don't I don't need a sandwich and then when we pick up the next day Again, everybody kept saying, oh, I'm going to go get a crack sandwich. I'm going to go get a crack sandwich. <laughs> it's a sandwich. And I was thinking, how good could they be? And then we're on the half an hour crew bus van drive 
to the airport and the whole crew is going oh the sandwich is so good oh it's so good oh this is just such a good sandwich and I was thinking darn it I should have got one of those crack sandwiches <laughs> so the next trip I got another trip to Brussels and I'm thinking I am getting one one of those crack sandwiches <laughs> and we're we're in the van going to the hotel and everybody's talking about the crack sandwiches and one of the flight attendants goes oh yeah you know we were talking about the crack sandwiches and some flight attendant who had never been here before thought, yeah, you know, I'll go get one. So she goes to the guy at the sandwich shop and she's like, I'll have a one crack sandwich, please. <laughs> the guy's looking at her like, what? <laughs> yes, one crack sandwich, please. Okay, I don't want to identify the airline, but we were in the ugliest uniforms in the industry for years we look like, um, prison, prison guard. maiden prison guard yeah what prison warden, warden yes. yes and finally we got our new yes. uniforms and we were so excited they were you know Little. navy and oh That's okay. anyway beautiful bright colors yes and one of my friends commutes from the west coast to atlanta and she commuted in with her new yeah. dress yeah. and she's in the um ladies room in the flight attendant lounge getting ready for her trip and getting all yeah. spiffy and everything and she decides to press her dress oh that's bad i know and yes she ended up with an iron hole in the back of her brand easy. new dress I know. yes so she ended up having to wear her sweater, her onboard sweater over her dress, the whole, and she had backed up her trips, of course, because she had such a long commute. So she was in that holy dress for like, I don't know, six days, nine days. I, I don't know. know. I had a girl on That's all right, on the layover, because, you know, you're using a strange iron. Uh -huh. She uh -huh. decided to iron her dress, which is a bad mistake, because you never know what kind of iron. Yeah. And the whole thing, but it was, of course, in the bag, right, like by her tushy. Oh, no. Nothing's long that, enough to cover that. No, there's nothing. She had this. Luckily, it didn't make a hole. It was just a giant burn right, mark. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. right on her tush. <laughs> oh my god. So I just took a very short trip to St. Lucia. I'm now on the East Coast, and one of the benefits of being on the East Coast is you can go to the Caribbean and be there by sunset. You know, coming from. California, I'd always have to take an all-nighter because the flights leave at like 11 o'clock. You just can't get there with the time zone change. So it's it's a benefit to living on this coast to be able to go to the Caribbean easily. It's like hop, skip, and a jump. So I went to St. Lucia, and uh, I got a great deal on a hotel room. And, you know, I do pinch my pennies just so I can travel more. And the only really expensive part of going there is that the taxi ride from the airport to where the main tourist area is, Rodney Bay, it's like a $100 taxi ride. And then if you figure both ways, it's like $200. Well, I don't want to pay that. And I had read, I've been trying to find some sort of shuttle service. And uh, I did, you know, read that if you share a taxi, you know, you could probably get it down to $25. So as soon as I get there, I'm like, do you want to share a taxi? Do you want to share a taxi? And I was so lucky. I ran into three guys that were doing business there. And they're like, sure, there's just three of us. The taxi holds five. You're welcome to join. And I was like, woohoo, you know, mission accomplished. But on the way back, I just could not seem to figure out a way to not pay the $100 taxi ride. I had asked at my hotel, and they're like, oh, you basically just have to pay. You might get it down to 80 if you bargain with someone, but you basically just have to pay the 
taxi ride. I'm like, wasn't there any way I can find out who else is going to the airport? Um, They're like, well, I don't know. You can ask the taxi stands. I go to the taxi stands and they're all like, no, it's $100. And I was thinking, oh, I want to spend $100 on a taxi ride. So I remembered I tend to wander around and I had been wandering around behind this marina and I had seen, it looked like a house, but it looked like a tour agency in a residential area and one of the things it said was airport transfers tours um services so i i thought i'm gonna go back and try to find that house that said airport transfers so i walk and i walk and i find it and i i'm like who um but it says open till six and it was like five to six but it's not like a business like i said it was in a residential area and there was a gate like a metal gate and i thought well should i open it and um well it says airport transport I'm trying to get a good deal so I open the metal gate and walk in and I knock on the door but it looks like a house you know it like looked like a office you'd have in a house um but it said it was open till six and I'm knocking on the door and no nobody seems to be there so I try the handle because it's says it's a business right and the handles open so I walk in and it seemed odd because there was like money on the desk didn't seem like you should have money out if you know uh and just then I see this guy with two dogs walking along the side of the house and I guess he said later he saw that the gate was open and he was thinking uh-huh so he comes in the door and I'm standing there and he goes like <gasps> like I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't mean to scare you I didn't mean to come in your house it said airport transfers <laughs> I said I don't normally scare people it's usually the other way around I don't look very scary and he's like no you don't look very scary I just wasn't expecting to find anybody in here and uh the guy was so nice he ended up giving me a $25 airport transfer and there wasn't even anybody else in the taxi I just think he was just being nice um maybe they were gonna pick somebody else up there but it worked out great, but I did break into his home accidentally. You know, it's probably not a good idea to break into strangers' homes while on vacation, and I guess I probably shouldn't be such a penny pincher, but you know, I don't make a lot of money, and I like to travel, and uh, that brings me to my next topic. If you want to help me and help me want to continue doing the show and just spread the love, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, if you're going to buy something anyway, it'd be nice if you thought about maybe going through my website, bettingthesky.com, and clicking on the link to my book on Amazon. You don't have to buy my book, but by clicking through my my site. Once you buy something, I get a little something. And this way, maybe I won't have to uh, do stupid things like break into strangers' homes while on vacation. So if you're going to Amazon, if you're going to buy something anyway, just think about going through my site and uh, spreading the love. Thanks. So I just made a huge move across the country. California to South Carolina, literally coast to coast. And while I did live on a coast in California, this is, I'm gosh, awfully gosh darn close to the water. I can actually see dolphins from my living room. How fabulous is that? And they're, they're out in full force now that the water's getting warmer and there's fishermen out there. Um, but I guess there's always a price for everything. And uh, I'm watching a movie last night, Wedding Crashers. I like to crash things, relaxing on my sofa. Um, and I see out of the corner of my eye, something moving, not a good sign, something moving sideways, never a good sign. It was like a three inch crab. I had a crab in my condo. <laughs> I was 
like never got off the couch so fast. They probably woke the neighbors screaming. I was thinking, I've got a crab in my condo. But I hurried up and went and got the camera because you got to have your priorities. Because it was a weird looking crab. He had like a, you know, they usually have pinchers on both sides. This guy had just one on one side. And he had it kind of across his face, like a Dracula crab. <laughs> I'm talking to him going, hey, man, I don't want to hurt you. I just got to get you outside because I can't have crabs in my condo. Um, then I tried to coax him into something. Then I realized I needed to have some, a lid over top of it. And I fin- finally got him in a bowl, put a lid over it, basically threw it out on the patio. He scampered away. He was fine. But I was like, oh, thank God, I can't have crabs in my condo. <laughs> I guess that was my official welcome to the beach. And I guess I really don't live in the big city anymore. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me, Betty, not Catherine, again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye.